giving an individual who lost their way or got caught up in something that affected their background and maybe to no fault of their own. We want to give them a second chance or a new beginning. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. The way we work has changed forever and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Labby, Chief People Officer at TopTel. As the largest supermarket chain in the United States, Kroger employs almost half a million people. The company has 2,700 stores in 35 states, and during the pandemic, their workers have been essential to keeping customers and their families fed. The person who is essential to connecting Kroger's workers is Tim Massa, Senior Vice President and Chief People Officer of Kroger. Tim has been in the people field for more than three decades. He got his start at Procter & Gamble and spent 20 years there, most recently as the Global Human Resources Director, before joining Kroger in 2010 as a Vice President in Charge of Talent Development. Now, as Chief People Officer, Tim leads all areas of HR and labor relations, including talent hiring, retention and engagement, diversity, and people operations. I'm excited to talk to him today about how Kroger continues to serve 11 million customers a day. Welcome, Tim. Well, thank you, Michelle. It's great to be with you. You know, we're also uh, serving about 4 million online. It is amazing when you think of that many uh, customers every day shopping with us in, in one of our banners across those 35 states. Yes. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. I've been to many Kroger's and many stores, I think, that used to be something else that are now Kroger's. Right. Uh-huh. A lot of M&A yep. that's happened over the years. Absolutely. Yeah, we, you know, we, and we tend to, we really look at the M&A's, Michelle, more as a, as a merger versus yeah. an acquisition. We really take pride in keeping the name local. So if you're, you're in North Carolina, it's Harris Teeter, or yep. if you're in... Uh, Arizona, it's Fries or Oregon, Fred Meyer. So they're still part of the Kroger family, but we really try to uh, to leverage that name because the customer resonates with uh, with that brand. So I know you have a long history of HR without trying to yeah. date you or anything like that. Um, <laughs> so you have a degree in marketing and communications. How did you take that marketing communications degree and end up yeah. in HR? Well, I'm jealous talking to you today, Michelle, because uh, I was in, in my communications degree. I thought I was going to be a broadcaster. I was uh, <laughs> first Everyone student. Everyone can do it. I hate to tell uh, you. Yeah, I thought I was the I was the first student in college to work at a professional radio station in Dayton, and I had the uh, midnight to six a.m. shift, and I would go to class at one, starting at one in the afternoon. So I had a moniker called Midnight Massa. That was my nickname. Wow. And, um, Still get referred to that. But, you know, I, I think what I learned in communications and also about marketing yourself and marketing brands, interviewed with a lot of companies, but P&G, Procter & Gamble, came on campus and they were looking back then, that was 1989, so 21 years with P&G, and um, they wanted to start, uh, it really wasn't an HR function then, it was a, you know, looking for a personnel supervisor right. to work in, to work in sales and marketing. Yeah. So. 
I got to go to Charlotte, North Carolina and uh, worked on the people side, but I was also doing operations work like company cars and buildings and benefits and policy and things like that. So one thing led to another and I just uh, went into sales and marketing, but more from a personnel front and I fell in love with it right away because I was able to uh, connect people. I loved working with leadership, helping them solve problems, but also identifying talent to put toward the business priorities that were going on. And uh, that grew uh, to the, a function of HR being created. And I wound up moving nine times. Uh, it is pack and go with P&G back then. And uh, Hello, my dad all was over. IBM. I'm an IBM. Yeah, exactly. I've, you said your moved. father was your yes. IBM. It's exactly the same program. And I grew up in Cincinnati, but I wound up uh, moving nine times and coming back to Cincinnati four times but lived all over the U.S. and had a chance to live in Warsaw, Poland, which was uh, an awesome experience for my wife, Lisa, and I. And we had we have two beautiful daughters. And at the time, Mallory and Morgan were nine and seven when we moved to Warsaw. And they went to an American school. And uh, I was the country HR leader and really managed Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia. And I really even got a bigger love for connecting talent and uh, connecting with people because it was a whole different culture. How did you have to adjust going from, you know, the U.S. to all of a sudden yeah. these Eastern European countries, which such a very different culture, multiple languages? Oh, yes. I mean, it was, it was English in the workplace. And where I was there was a, a town called uh, Targuvac, uh, Poland, which was outside of Warsaw. I remember my first few weeks, I would come home at night and I would have a, uh, a, a teacher teaching me Polish at my dining room table. I, was, I just remember her shouting at me with cue cards, you know, showing me pictures of Tom Cruise. And she would say, <laughs> Tomac Cruise. And, you know, you'd be yelling at her. It's just, I'll never forget that. And uh, my first meeting, I stood up, you know, using my hands to present something. And uh, HR benefits administrator, probably an entry level position raises her hand and says, why are you standing? And why are you using your hands to present? You must not have anything important to say. Wow. That's my opening day. And, <laughs> but it, what it said was, you know, this was a culture that was under communist rule. And they felt that anything that was coming in from another country, even America, was propaganda. And what I quickly realized was you needed to sit down. You needed to, you needed to be humble. Everything we had, all of our, our values, our, uh, our, our company purpose, all of the policies and principles, we needed to rewrite them from their language, from their viewpoint. What I learned about people is you got to meet them where they're at Absolutely. and you have to endear them to really bring out their skills and their capabilities. Well, I want to shift a little and talk about sure. Kroger's mission. Yeah. And your talent. I'm really interested to learn more about the Zero Hunger, Zero Waste Foundation and its mission. You know, we have really set out a goal to really provide three billion meals in our communities by 2025. Right now, we've got a, we've already donated about 2.3 billion meals. We've been able to optimize the surplus food. Uh, from our rescue program of over 500 million pounds uh, from really 2017 when we started this through the end of last year. We continue to achieve uh, 95% of food waste diversion from landfills, 
That's a goal of ours. We're about halfway there, 48.3%. I mean, there's a number of goals that we're doing that are directly related to eliminating waste and eliminating, eliminating hunger. So it's a, it's, a, it's a true mission of ours. Our foundation is built on that. Uh, a lot of our uh, majority of our giving uh, is geared toward this cause. That's, that's incredible. I know, you know, talent is so hard to come by today and everybody's, you know, the competition is, is nuts for hiring, right. As we know, yeah. and, and it, it's yeah. great that, you know, most, most people and younger folks, since I'm older, you know, really want to know what the mission is and what are you doing for the environment and what are you doing? What volunteer right. opportunities are there? So it really sounds, yeah. you know, that this is really helpful. You know, I think communities are a big part of what we're about, local communities. And I think our, our, our associates want to know that they, they want to be part of that community. They want to know that they're giving back. Uh, you know, we have a plant in Compton, California, that we take all of the waste and it, we use it for renewable energy. Um, you were seeing, you know, solar panels on our, on our, our rooftops of our stores. We're, we're growing vegetables and lettuce on some of our stores in certain areas. We really want to be viewed as the leader in eliminating hunger and eliminating waste. I also know that one of the things that you all do to attract talent is you have tuition reimbursement, yes. and continuing education, mm-hmm. and you pay for people to get degrees. Yes, and we, we call that Feed Your Future. You know, we just had a hiring fair and uh, we hired nearly 4,000 people that we were able to hire and put into in motion in our pre-boarding process across the enterprise. And what we tout as you bring people in is you can grow your career and grow your education. We provide up to $21,000 of uh, tuition reimbursement, up to $3,500 a year. You know, I'm probably as proud of another program that we do, Michelle, called New Beginnings, where we're giving an individual who lost their way or got caught up in something that affected their background and maybe to no fault of their own. And we wanted to, we want to give them a second chance or a new beginning. We have almost 70 folks that are uh, hired by us where someone got a new beginning. And we had over, we have over a 90% retention rate. And believe it or not, most of these candidates, not all are female and they're single and they have children. And we've been able to see individuals get their first apartment, buy their first home, buy their first car, get confidence. We do a lot with veterans as well, that we're bringing more and more folks that were in the military back into the workforce uh, with us. And again, through this Feed Your Future program of being able to give them a foundation to grow their education, we, we believe that that's uh, very meaningful. So not only do you hit a diverse group of folks and and different classes and different communities, but it sounds right. like you're also focusing on, you know, getting your supplies from a diverse group of suppliers and have some goals right. around that as well. Absolutely. So we really are. You know, we pride ourselves on working in partnership with suppliers and diverse and minority suppliers to try to ensure that we're bringing in and giving them the opportunity to uh, merchandise and to supply us as a, as a minority business partner. And that's been a, a big area for us um, that uh, we continue to grow year in and year out and strive to find new partners 
to add there. So we we achieved about $4.1 billion in spend today, but we've got a, uh, we got a goal of 10 billion by 2030 to have spend with minority suppliers. You know, the officer team, there's 11 of us, and we had a, a handful of other leaders just completed a six week sessions, what they called, un, what we called undivided. And it was, uh, how do you drive more racial equity in the world? Part of our commitment was as a leadership team to go through six two-hour sessions. We did it for six consecutive weeks. And we really had another chance to learn more about uh, racial inequity and what can we do about it and bring that to life uh, at Kroger. 96% of our associates have gone through unconscious bias training. Yep. And now we're really moving into, as a leader of others, how are you ensuring that we're bringing out the best in, in everyone. So uh, whether we're dealing with a minority supplier or ensuring that every voice is heard, uh, that's been a, that's been, that's been very, very beneficial for us. It's amazing the success with that many employees that you have, that you're able to connect all of those groups and focus areas and, and keep everybody right. going. So that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, I do want to ask you uh, on a serious note, because not a sure. lot of HR leaders fortunately have to go through something that you all went through a few years right. back with, you know, a shooting, a mm. random violence in one of your stores mm. last right. it was last year. You know, how, how do you get through that and lead your people? And, you know, I know you yeah, talked about mental health that you had already been so, thinking about that mental health thing absolutely. and that this happened. Yeah. Well, I tell you, uh, last year was uh, a year like no other. I, I wouldn't wish that on any individual leader, much less uh, the people. But I, I'll tell you, uh, 3.34 a.m. Uh, last March, uh, we had, I got a call on a warehouse in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, where uh, one of our employees uh, took the life of two other employees on the third shift and then took his life seven hours later after um, driving aimlessly. Then to be followed a week later, not even a week later, I we had a vigil uh, in downtown Milwaukee. Uh, and two days later, uh, Boulder, Colorado happened uh, where we had uh, the mass shooting uh, there. And that followed you know, three or four months later with uh, uh, shootings in Colleyville, Tennessee. And then we uh, just had a shooting with an Instacart shoot shopper not too long ago in Richland, Washington. No one prepares you for it. And I will tell you, though, that uh, while there was no playbook, uh, we are one of our values is safety. Every associate, when they start with the company and we renew it, goes through personal safety training. We're nearly 99%. So when something like that occurs and it comes out of nowhere, we're, you know exactly what to do in order to get out of that building. And... Uh, we were so blessed that things could have been much worse had folks not known or been prepared on what to do in personal safety training. So that piece of it, we are blessed with. I Back to the community piece and every example, the way the communities came together and our associates and leaders came together with customers to provide support. We set up resource centers. The first call we received when Boulder happened in Colorado on that Tuesday afternoon at 4.30 Eastern, 
At 4.45, the chairman and CEO of Walmart, Doug McMillan, called our chairman and CEO. And he said, there's no competition in tragedy. And we went through this in El Paso, Texas. And we give you every resource and every learning at your disposal. Here's our resources. And we called on them. Those learnings are priceless. And unfortunately, when it happened again in Collierville, we were able to act fast. We knew what to do with law enforcement. We knew how to mobilize a team of people to get there. And uh, all of those things we benefit from. We're now, we're ensuring that leaders have a better sense of threat assessment. What do you look for? Don't take that warning sign lightly or that issue lightly. At the same time, balancing that with unconscious bias, don't assume something's wrong. And then when there is an incident, how do you look to de-escalate the problem? How do you look to lower the aggression? We've seen more than ever during these past few years, people have a lot of, a lot of pent up frustration and anger. We would do these calls like this with majority of our associates. We'd have town halls on our quarterly reviews and we would have Q&A and there'd be a chat room going on. It was amazing that the chat room became more of the presentation than what we were presenting. It's what people were saying. And I remember this one gentleman was not happy about something I said or didn't agree with something I said. And I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. So I'm not looking at the chat room. I'm looking at the camera. I'm, I'm trying to speak authentically. I found out afterwards this individual was unhappy. Well, not even 30 seconds. I called this gentleman up. I never met him before. One of the 450,000. He was working in Portland, Oregon. He comes up on his screen in his apartment, shocked that he sees me. And I said, Tony, how you doing? Help me understand what what, you, what, what the concern you have on this topic. He didn't have a concern about the topic. He had just been divorced. He had just gotten a new job within our the department he was in. He hadn't seen anybody in a year because we've been remote. He was living in an apartment and he just wanted somebody to talk to. The funny thing at the very end, I, so we talked through it. I still talk to him regularly on any major event we have. Tony gives me feedback and I, I seek Tony out. And the last thing I said is, hey, Tony, is there anything I can do for you? Uh, anything else you need as we ended the call? And I was wearing a quarter zip with Kroger on it. And he goes, yeah, I'd like one of those quarter zips. Could you send me one of those? <laughs> and it, it struck me that that was the connection people, our associates are looking for. Yep. I, I think that's something I've learned. You know, we have people in Ukraine and we're right. talking to oh, them. Oh, my goodness. And they're like, got to go. The sirens are going off. I need to go downstairs exactly. and get into the bomb shelter. And it's just yeah. something that you never imagine. Yeah. And just checking in on them and making sure like, are you okay? Is your family yeah. okay? What do you need? What can we do to support exactly. you? It's really just being there for your people. Exactly. It really is about, you know, growth and resilience and aspiration and courage and empathy. And we're trying to bring that to life every day. And our, our leaders have, you've got to be genuine and authentic and empathetic now more than ever. And I think that that really lays the, the groundwork for uh, a great associate experience who in turn can provide a great customer experience. So um, truly believe in that. That's right. On a lighter note, this has been yeah. an amazing conversation. And I, you know, I would love to just ask you one last question, which sure. I ask a lot of the folks on here is what has been your proudest moment as a leader? 
Wow. Well, you know, 33 years in this business, I've been blessed to really have uh, incredible experiences for myself and my family and uh, be able to work with so many great leaders and associates, you know, I will forever be indebted to. But, um, you know, I remember coming here and uh, Kroger uh, had not really brought their leadership across the country together. They would do it in geographies, but they never really brought every store leader across the company into one location. And we did that in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, back in 2014. And uh, we brought every department head and above. So it was 5,000 people. And we had it in an arena and it was almost like an Olympic uh, opening ceremony. Every division would come in with their flag, fries, and Fred Meyer, and they'd sit in their sections and they would chant their district, their division. And by day three, they would chant Kroger. And they recognized that we're part of something larger than just our little world in Arizona or California or Atlanta. And we are part of, we're one. And uh, I think to be, I, to be a part of that and to orchestra, help orchestrate that with the leadership, uh, I look back on that time and time again saying, you know, when times are tough, hey, we we are as one. Say that 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 ranks right up there with a with a countless other ones. But you know, that one comes to mind right away. You know, again, Tim Massa, yeah. senior vice president and chief people officer at Kroger. I really, really appreciate all of your thoughtful insights and this conversation and sharing all the things that Kroger is doing. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to everybody today. Uh, this is thank you, Michelle. Fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity. I wish you all the best and. Look forward to crossing paths again. Thank you for listening to The Talent Economy. I'm your host, Michelle Labby. You can find much more information about The Talent Economy on staffing.com and toptel.com insights. Hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work.